Bob Huggins has, has made a point of how good his team can shoot the basketball. It's a Hucks team. They're going to rebound. The energy is so much more exciting, especially like up in Hollis. West Virginia fans are used to seeing their players get rebounds. Rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. There's just something about the basketball, man. And now it's time for the Country Roads Webcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Country Roads Webcast. Uh, I am your host, Stephen Vestal, joined always by my co-hosts, Ryder Deem and Bradley Brown. Uh, today we're going to be going over the uh, the backyard brawl, the pit, the win over the Pit Panthers, number 902 for the Huggy Bear. Uh, I think that West Virginia, in my opinion, played some very much improved offense uh, compared to what they did in, in the first game against Oakland. Uh, we'll kind of get you guys' opening thoughts on the, on the Pit Panthers as well. Um, I guess we'll start off with you, Bradley. What did you think about how West Virginia played on both offense and defense in this one. Yeah, for sure. We definitely played a better game against Pitt than we did against Oakland. Oakland's probably a better team than Pitt. But, uh, yeah, for sure. We, our defense looks really good. I mean, we had over 30 turnovers forced. That's massive. That's like a bunch of freaking turnovers. That's insane. Um, on the offensive side, I know we were talking about, if you guys tuned in last week with me and Steven, and I know Ryder listened to it, so I know he's up to date on it, talking about having we need other people that are able to take over a game and Jalen Bridges put up 18 points, and they were a good 18 points, so that's, like, super comforting to see. And, yeah, I think that we're starting to validate what we were talking about, where it's more of as this team plays together more. Because we got, like, all these older guys that came in that just are unknown and, you know, aren't comfortable in a blue and gold just yet. But once they get to that point, guys like Malik Curry are probably going to start looking better and better as the year goes on. So I thought it was a really impressive game, and it definitely makes me feel more validated going forward that as this team plays together more, they're going to look better. Yeah, better. absolutely. I thought, you know, those turnovers are a product of the press. I, I, you know, and we've seen that a lot, you know, other than last year and the year before. We've seen Press Virginia force a lot of turnovers, and that was what I think was the biggest benefit of it was because we can turn you over and we can get, a you know, a good quick buck, you know, quick bucket. But during that whole Press Virginia era, I thought that that our biggest problem, I guess you could say, was the inability to shoot the ball during that time. We could play really great defense. We just couldn't get the ball to go through the hoop. Uh, so if this team can force these kinds of turnovers and create shots for themselves, you know, with the ability to knock down shots like they can, um, I think that it could be really good for West Virginia. But, uh, but Ryder, what do you think about this team? How did they look to you uh, in this pit game? Uh, I, I like what I'm seeing out of all the transfers. They made me a very happy man. Malik Curry coming off the bench going five for five. Yep. He had the one, I forget what time it was, but he was like begging for the ball like before it was even across half court. He finally got it across half court, drove it all the way in, easy layup. So I, I loved that. Polly Polly Cap, I don't think he knows how to frown. I think he's just always happy. <laughs> and just, he just looks like he's having the most fun in the world. And Demond Kerrigan, I thought, was going to throw some punches with pit people. So that that made yeah, so I love that. <laughs> Nacious. Um, he gets it. I I'm a little I'm a little bit more worried about the offense right now, but I don't think it's a big deal because we can cause 32 turnovers. Albeit, this is Pitt, who's a little depleted at the guard position. But I mean, I think that we can kind of flip a switch depending on who we're playing. We can go defense heavy if we need to to spark the offense or we can just get out early and then just rely on the defense if we need to and i i like having the versatility there yeah i 
I really I think you're right about that. I think some of these newcomers have definitely started to already blossom in some ways. You know, Debon Kerrigan off the bench, I thought he played really well. Polly Polycap came in and took a charge there. Um, I, you know, so they do have guys that can come off the bench and, and make plays. And Malik Curry played really well. I thought Kedrian Johnson played well. He didn't do a lot on the, on the stat sheet. Um, but I really thought that he played well. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure he didn't Kedrian start against Pitt? He did. I thought he did. I thought he did. And so, you know, new guys thrown into these new roles, I really – I like it. And I I think you're right about that. I think that West Virginia is the type of basketball team that can probably flip their skill set depending on who they play. Uh, but with that said, I think that that um, unfortunately could also be a negative for West Virginia's basketball team this year because if they have to flip, you know, because these games, you got one or two-day turnaround a lot of times, especially once you get into uh, conference play. I think that you know West Virginia having to switch up the style of play that they that they play in a basketball game is going to hurt them. So if they're going to have to go you know offense heavy one night, then defense heavy the next night, I, I don't know how that's going to work for West Virginia. But um, I, I guess the next thing I wanted to really I guess touch on was the rebounds that West Virginia was unable to get in this game, and that's something that we talked about in the preseason show. That's something that we I, you know we all seen. All three of us called it uh, coming into the season, but to this point, West Virginia has just not been able to to get to the board. So um, we'll start off with you this time, Ryder. What do you think that West Virginia needs to do uh, to be able to get better rebounds? Who do you think would be able to give our best chance, I guess? Or you know, what lineups would you put in there? What adjustments would you make to be able to, to fix the rebound situation if Bob Huggins wants to do so anyway? I think we're going to need to. I mean – yeah, we're getting out-rebounded by teams that, like Oakland, didn't out-rebound a single team last year. Um, so it, it's it's a little tough. Um, Cottrell, he, he seems like he's a little out of position sometimes on the rebounds, and that's understandable. A freshman who, fresh off of an Achilles tear, which coming from a – I play a lot of fancy football, 10 years. When somebody goes down with an Achilles injury, you just go ahead and write them off for the rest of their career. So the fact that he's out there and starting still and putting up good minutes, like that's a positive sign. I do think we're going to have to eventually get to a point where we might need to get two out of the three of Cottrell, Kerrigan, and Polycap in the game, especially when we get to Big 12 play when we're facing even larger lineups. We're going to have to sacrifice another ball handler just so we can live on the boards. But um, Gabe does his his thing. He got a lot of ticky tack fouls in this game, which yeah, I would agree. Uncharacteristic. I don't think that'll happen again. But well, it'll happen again, but not as frequently. But I think we're gonna have to go two bigs more than we have been to really make any ground here. Yeah, I would have to agree. I think you know, in order if there's any chance of us being able to be dominant on the boards in any game this season, we're gonna have to run two bigs down there sometimes. Um, and I don't think – it just doesn't seem like Bob Huggins is making that a point of emphasis this year, and I don't know if he's just recognized that this team does other things so well that, you know, we don't have to rebound as much. Uh, but it would just be – it'd be hard-pressed for me to believe that Bob Huggins is just letting that go. You know what I mean? Just being the the coach that he is and the way that his teams have been coached in the past, West Virginia, I don't think – not to my knowledge, has ever had a season where they're not, you know, at least in the top 30 in the country in, in 
and rebounds, and more specifically, offensive rebounds. Uh, but Bradley, what do you think the West Virginia's? Who do you think gives them the best chance when they're on the floor to get more rebounds uh, out of these big men? Yeah, so I think a lot of it's going to come to Gabe Osaboyan. I think he does a good job getting rebounds, and I think he's one of our most fierce rebounders. I think he's definitely the guy that we've got going up right now with some like uh, some like writer said earlier some tenacity to him. And I think the fouls are really going to hurt him going throughout the year. I know there's a lot of ticky tack fouls this time, but I still feel like our big issue with Gabe is foul trouble. It seems to be that he gets into foul trouble pretty early. And so I think just getting getting him to stay in the game a little bit longer will help us pick up some of those rebounds. But I also feel like um, we're kind of like supplementing some of those rebounds with a little bit better shooting and a lot more turnovers. So it's like where we would be getting more possessions on rebounds, now we're getting them on turnovers. So it's definitely – I don't think we're going to see as much of a drop-off in our – um, you know, shooting and possessions and offensive performance as like much as what you would think we would getting down on rebounds, but that's because we are getting the other team to turn it over on a pretty high. Yeah, well, that, that's the point that I guess I was going to make next was uh, that's why I don't think that it's been such a main point of emphasis this year for Bob Huggins is because he notices how well West Virginia is able to force turnovers, and so that creates opportunities just as much as it would if you were to get you know rebounds. And I'm not saying that he's totally just lost on the on the rebounding factor i just think that you know great coaches recognize what their teams do well and bob huggins is definitely for sure a great coach uh but i guess that would be the next thing that i wanted to talk about is you know the the return of press virginia um and how how it doesn't seem to look that much different than what it did um you know a couple years ago when we seen it you know west virginia i think they made national news almost on a week-to-week basis with how how well they were able to, to force turnovers with their press. Um, you know what I mean? It, it became such a big deal for for a lot of the fans in, in this fan base to be able to put, you know, Press Virginia on there, and it was something we were proud of. So I, I think it's a positive thing that it's back because, you know, what I mentioned before and how they're able to create better shots this year and get those shots because Taz – and a lot of other ones made some very good shots. Your guy, Sean McNeil Ryder, he uh, he hit some pretty big ones as well. Would also like to point out that he dribbles the ball a little bit too much still, but he did hit some big shots. We'll <laughs> um, get there. We'll get there. But, uh, but I guess, you know, just talking about that, Ryder, what do you think about the press? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Or are you a fan of how it creates opportunities for West Virginia, I guess? I am, and it also, in a sense, it, it kind of gets the crowd into it, too. I mean, if everybody's active 24-7, it, it makes it makes everybody just more excited. I mean, it's an active game. So I, I like it a lot. Malik Curry, I think, eventually is – I think he's going to have to start eventually. I I think he's a little better than Kedrian, but I, I like having him in the starting lineup for right now. Uh I mean, he had six assists, one turnover, so it's not like he had a bad game. But I think Malik Curry is going to have to come in, and he is going to cause a lot of havoc in a press situation. Um, Kedrian also is pretty scrappy. So, I mean, we, we do have the personnel where I think we're going to have to press some, and, and it is working for us. Yeah, and, you know, you talked about Malik Curry. I, I'm a big fan of that kid already. I, you know, coming out of Old Dominion, I was really excited to see what his style of play brought to the table for West Virginia, and so far so good. And I think you're right on, you know, they hit the nail on the head with that one. I think that he's going to be starting within at least five games. Which you might see a lot of um, interchangeableness with that 
with that too. I think if we if we see start or we start to see Kedrian Johnson flourish a little bit, which I think we will, uh, we might have really two good point guards that we can use, and a lot of times maybe you know get some fresh legs in there. Um, but there's not really a bad a bad lineup that I can think of on this basketball team. Uh, to be really straightforward with you, I I do think that they are going to lose some games this year. Uh, I do know that, and they're going to be some growing pains. But with the way that this lineup stacks up, I really do like it. Uh, but going back to Press Virginia, Bradley, what do you think about it? What do you do? You like it? Do you think that the style of play is is something that West Virginia can be successful with throughout the entirety of this season, or do you think it's something that they're just doing for now to, to supplement those loss of rebounds? Yeah, I definitely think it's something we can be successful with because I think it's something we have been successful with, like in our history. I think that the big part of Press Virginia is that it gives us what we were talking about last week. When it, it gives us an identity. Right. It really gives us something to like build around, and it gives us something, like what Ryder said, it gets the fans into it. And so I think that just like giving that identity to our team is super crucial because <clears throat> it builds confidence and it builds self-esteem and it builds, you know, just the camaraderie amongst the guys that makes them play. Hey, this is who we are. This is what we do. And we're going to do it better than anybody else in the country. And the value of that can't be overstated. Like it, it, you just can't do it. And talking about uh, Curry and Kudrian, one thing I loved about those two guys, which will work really well in the press is those guys did really well at taking the ball to the hoop. Yeah. And I mean, they they had some really good layups in there, and they you know they were they were able to drive it hard, and you know that's something that I feel like WU's kind of lacked for a while now. You know, Deuce and Javon Carter, and then their main bread and butter was the pull up jumper from sixteen to eighteen feet, and they were solid, sweet with it. I mean, it was beautiful to watch, but it's definitely not as consistent as what you're going to get getting within three feet of the basket. And, you know, they're also getting down there and they're able to dish it out pretty well. And so I think that that really, that really helps out Press Virginia, even though we don't have the same defensive characters like what we have with Javon Carter, who's going to go up there and pick your pocket and lead to a big part of your steals. We are trapping at a really, really good spots and at a really high rate. We're forcing these guys to turn the ball over and we're playing really good defense down low when they're trying to do inlet passes. And I think that that's just like, it's maybe like a little bit different Press Virginia. We're not seeing the full court press you pressure hard out kind of full court press, but we are seeing, Hey, we're still going to make you uncomfortable. And the second you slip, we're going to take it. And that's, that's super impressive. Also something, something that's jumping out to me is the blocks. We had 11 blocks in that game. It seemed like everybody was getting up and cause I I got super excited with that. Uh, They did a a hype video beforehand talking about, you know, pretty much the last pit game we had, I think. And there's a lot of videos of Sagaba Kanate and Sagaba Kanate is probably one of my favorite Mountaineer players in my short time as a Mountaineer basketball fan. I love a guy that can go up and dunk it, but watching him go up to the rim and contest every single man that tried to dunk it on him, I would get more hype for that than I could have ever gotten for anything else in basketball. And so I saw some guys get up there, and it's not the same two-handed dominating box that Saga was getting, but we were still putting some guys out, putting them down. So that's very impressive, too, to me. And I, I think that's a big part of our identity. It might be a big part of our identity going forward. It's just rim defense. Yeah, and I think defense, nonetheless, has been West Virginia's identity with the entire time that Bob Huggins has been at the helm of, of the Mountaineers. But it's for sure been a lot more exciting to watch with the Press Virginia style of play. And I'm I'm definitely 100% bought into that because it's other than maybe a, a handful of times has it come back to bite West Virginia, and that's only you know in those tough games in the conference throughout the season that you see that every so often. But you know, you said Javon Carter, 
you know, Javon didn't really get that great at, at playing. He was always a good defensive player, but I don't think that he was great at stealing the ball and, and picking your pocket until about a year and a half really into, you, you know, being in press Virginia. You know, we were really great at pressing and getting turnovers, but Javon himself didn't flourish as that big-time defensive player that we know now uh, until, I, you know, about a, a year and a half into that press. So you're going to see some guys – not be as dominant in that fashion, I don't think. But I think that, you know, the way that the team plays as a whole on defense, I think that bodes well for West Virginia. And, you know, I I don't normally say this, but I think earlier in the year, I think that it's a good thing that West Virginia plays some of these Eastern Kentuckys, these Elons, Oakland, which I don't believe Oakland was a bad basketball team. They proved that against Oklahoma State, uh, which – it could have been us. Very it could easily. have easily I been mean, us, but I also will say that Oklahoma State does not look like the same Oklahoma State without Cade Cunningham. I will, I will say that first and foremost. So, they also have a lot less to play for this year. Yeah, the, they're not. The they're banned from the postseason. <laughs> so yeah, that's a totally different subject, but one I would like to talk about one day. Um, but you know, there's not really much to talk about with the Elon game, guys. I would normally go into a re- a preview of that game and we can talk maybe you know a short time about that uh but i mainly wanted to just talk about the pit panthers because we don't really get a chance to play them that much and you know it's nice to enjoy a win over a rival especially when it's it's one like pit so yeah and it really fascinated me i swear to god i saw them on the sideline just eating big bowls of shit <laughs> it, was, it was insane i I wonder if they brought that with them or if that's, you know, something we serve. I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I want to know whose decision it was at Pitt to start copying West Virginia's color and just change the hue of the blue a little bit. And, yeah, my, my wife was not a fan. She, I, I want them to wear different colors. I mean, it's, she, she was getting confused. Yeah, yeah. which I will <laughs> say, if we're going to be technical, that was Pitt's original colors back in, in the 50s and stuff. So I guess they're getting back to basics, but it just seems a little bit copycatish to me. Yeah, they're pretty basic already. Yeah, I had a guy. The talk Maniacs to, were out and about talk, for sure during the game as well. We'll talk about the rivalry aspect for a second. I had a guy argue with me on uh, Instagram the other day because he said that the entire lower half of their football stadium was filled. And I was like, well, why don't y'all ever show the upper deck any love? <laughs> like Nobody wants to watch pit football, okay? I don't care if y'all go undefeated. Kenny Pickett isn't filling y'all seats. <laughs> nope. I will be nice with any other team in the country, guys. I can't be nice to Pitt. It's just, it's just not. It's just not my blood. But you can't. I guess we can talk about some stats again a little bit, just to get uh, you know this closed out a little bit. There's not really much to talk about, guys. So, like I said in our last episode, we're going to be going uh, anywhere from twenty to thirty minute episodes. Uh, this will probably be on the on the shorter hand of things, be around twenty minutes, just because until we get into the bulk of this season and, and more specifically, probably around conference play. There's not really a whole lot to talk about unless something you know drastically changes with the program, which I don't see happening. Uh, but the biggest thing, I guess, that I want to talk about is a very big deal is uh, 902 for Huggy Bear. He's tied to Bobby Knight in, um, I guess, all-time wins now. And so, you know, I just – I guess I want to take a time to congratulate him. You know, he's – we know he's a legend. Everybody within the program can – you know, we really appreciate him. I don't think anybody takes him for granted, but I really do, you know, I really – I just appreciate the the fact that we do have a legendary coach like that that can, you know, put West Virginia on the map. So, I don't know. Is there anything you guys want to talk about, you know, about the program just to kind of 
give us some topics because like i said guys we we've covered all the all the basics of this game in about 18 minutes here so if there's anything y'all want to add in on the program y'all can go ahead and do it now router we'll start with you buddy I will say I was I was upset to see Beeline go when he left because I mean we were we had a great program going whenever he was here but I mean you can't top the huggy but that's a a back to back hirings that have to be up there in the upper echelons of college basketball for a program to have as their head coaches because Beeline legendary Huggins legendary he also has a chance to pass yeah, I, Williams. I think that people. Yeah, I think by the time it's all said and done, he might be up there with Coach K and and number of wins, and that's a lot of wins to get to. Uh, but I think that Huggy Bear might have a a lot of years left in the gas tank, uh, just the way he's going. And I don't think that I truly believe in my heart of hearts that Bob Huggins wants to bring a national championship to WVU, and I don't believe that he's going to stop until he gets that. And I don't know if that's going to be you know within the next few years or whether it's not going to be. Uh, but I can tell you right now, if it's not, he will coach until he gets it or, you know, until something else happens that I don't want to say. But I, I, I think you're right. I'd love John Beeline at the helm here. Uh, I would argue that West Virginia has arguably had very few bad basketball coaches um, in their history. Uh, you know, we were talking about it before the show about Fred Schaus back in the 50s, of you know, coaching Jerry West. You fast forward, you talk about Gil Catlett, who's got his name up in the rafters at WVU now. Um, he coached all those Sweet 16 teams, and then you move on to John Beeline, and then you eventually moved on to, to Huggy Bear. Um, people, in my opinion, really downplay how much of a basketball school West Virginia truly is. Um, and that's not to discredit the, the football side of things because I do love WVU football, and I always have. Um, but facts are facts, and West Virginia has more consistently in the history of their program been a top basketball standings you know, throughout the years. And they have down seasons, just like any other program. But most of the time, most of the time, um, if if not always, they're they're mentioned in the national rankings at one point of the season, if not most of the season. And that's definitely not changed most of the time while Huggies Bear's been the coach. I think we've had maybe one or two bad seasons. And then Bob Huggins does what we have talked about on the football side of things, and he switched things up when he's noticed problems, and he's cleaned house and brought in people that can make change and. And he's made adjustments, um, so that's what I—that's what I like about the Huggy Bear. But Bradley, what do you what do you want to add in here, buddy? Yeah, I mean, and being a Mountaineer fan, a Mountaineer basketball fan for only eight years, and only ever having been with Huggins, and you know some of the teams he's had through those years, I think what it really opened my eyes up to, never really being a basketball guy, is just the the different kind of culture that basketball has, and especially Mountaineer basketball. And like I said, I wasn't really that big of a fan until I went to my first game of the Coliseum, and it was just an absolutely different atmosphere, and I fell in love with it, and I've been in love with it ever since. And I think through that time, I've realized how much respect that Bob Huggins has. I know obviously he was a good coach, obviously just being a Mountaineer fan, you hear about him. But really seeing the amount of respect and honor that the guy gets throughout the basketball community. I mean, it's not just Mountaineer basketball that has immense respect for Bob Huggins, but it's also – basketball programs throughout the country and that's something that as being a mountaineer fan or being a fan of west virginia in general i love my state passionately and he's a really great representation of our state and it's really great to hear somebody talked about in the same light that he has talked about and 
to really exemplify the brand that Mountaineer Athletics really strives to be. You know, that hardworking, striving effort is everything. And, you know, we don't have to be the most athletic, dominant people in the world to be really good at what we do and to be successful. And I could never thank him enough for that. And I think that that's really what reached out and touched me and what got me so invested in Mountaineer basketball, even though I might not know all the names that Steven throws out throughout <laughs> the history of Mountaineer basketball. I still have nothing but the utmost respect for the people that got us here. And, you know, it's it's definitely just like a, a different breath, you know, going from our football program, which has been successful, but not nearly as successful as our basketball program. And just to see, you know, you know, the maniacs get wild and just like the stadium, the Coliseum bopping. And it's just, it's just a different, it's just a different energy when you get to our basketball fans than what you get with our football fans. Yeah, and I I love them both equally, but I would I would definitely say that West Virginia's basketball program, in terms of other programs in the country, I would say that you know the basketball is more prestigious in my mind, just because of the way the Coliseum is viewed from around what you say the basketball community and everything like that. And and you know, God rest his soul. You know, when Bill Stewart passed away, I was very upset, but you know that's not someone that I necessarily cried over but the day that bob huggins dies i bet you boys i'm gonna be crying like a baby because i care genuinely about that man and what he's brought you know to this basketball program and to the state as a whole because bob huggins really is a west virginia he's not even from here and he cares about west virginia as much as anybody in this state does i can i can guarantee you that so i will cherish him while he's here i guess i'll say that i'm, I'm really never going to take him for granted. But I do think that he's going to get get West Virginia to the promised land. Um, I thought that it was going to come in 2010. Um, but we're due, though. You never know. If we can get a lot of these guys to not hit the transfer portal and we can get them bought in and stay, which is not going to happen. I guarantee you one or two transfers come out of this season just like they always do, um, if not more. But, you know, West Virginia is not looking bad at this point in the season. I think Hoagie Bear's got them on the right track. If we can just continue this style of play against Elon, EKU, going into the Charleston Classic down there in South Carolina, I think that uh, West Virginia could set themselves up to be, you know, at least start off on the right foot and possibly build some confidence going into the Big 12 Conference because they do have some tougher non-conference games as well against the, against the likes of UConn and some people like that. Um, but Kansas certainly playing well right now. Um, Oklahoma State not playing so well right now. <laughs> Um, I think Texas is going to be competitive this year with Chris Beard at the helm down there. I mentioned that in the preview, uh, preseason show as well. Um, but, you know, I I really like West Virginia's chances to, to finish at least in the top four of the conference this year. I don't know. I'll, I'll have to see a little bit more to be that – to have that little bit more cemented in my mind. Um, but one thing I guess I'll ask you guys about – uh, that's not related, or it is related to WV basketball, but not really. Uh, Oscar Shibway for for Kentucky the other night played a really hell of a game. You know, yeah, can't he had twenty boards. I, he's I, he's I, a I good basketball <laughs> And the whole game, I, the whole time I was watching, I was like, "Oh, don't get that rebound! I'll drop it. Drop! It. Oh, <laughs> look yeah, bad. Look, yeah look look, bad. don't look good." But I. But man, he's good at the game he of basketball. He is good at the game of basketball. Um, yeah, I would say that he was better in that game than he ever played in a in a blue and gold uniform. But he, he had as many yeah. rebounds in that game as we had as a team in the pit game. 
Yeah. We could definitely use him on the rebound side of things. I don't think any West Virginia fan wants to admit that or even look at that this year. But Can't I'll tell you one thing. It has definitely tainted my respect for John Calipari because no one in the world can tell me that that wasn't tampering. I can, I can guarantee you Bob Huggins isn't feeling a lot of love in his heart for that situation right now. Mm-mm. For sure. Yeah. All right, guys. We're running out of subjects. Yeah, I mean, we're going to let's put it's a, a story win this, win this tournament. Probably see St. Bonaventure in the championship of this tournament. They're the only ranked team. Which I would so. not mind. I like St. Bonaventure, Bonaventure in this tournament. When I originally seen it, I didn't realize how good they were going to be this year. Uh, but looking ahead at it, you know, they're the highest ranked team in the tournament right now. West Virginia could certainly get a good win over them. And they've had some good uh, some good matchups with them. If you look back in, in the early um, to mid-2000s, uh, they had some pretty good matchups with them at, uh, at the Coliseum and in Charleston, West Virginia. If you, uh, if you go back and study those games, I, I remember attending some of those, and I didn't know who St. Bonaventure even was, but it's just kind of crazy that they're being ranked this year. It's kind of a weird time in college sports. It is. <laughs> True. It is. All right, well, unless you guys got anything else to add to this very non-subjective podcast. <laughs> I think that's all for me today. Is that all? What you got, Bradley? Nah, that's it for me. All right. Well, WVU will be playing Thursday, I think, 8.30. 8.30 or 7. Somebody help me out. Uh, I know it's Thursday. Computer's being slow. Might have to edit this out. 9.30, this tells me. Hold on, guys. Yeah, this says 9 o'clock. Thursday, 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. It's 30 minutes off. All right, Thursday, 9 o'clock, WVU will return to action and play Elon. And then we'll be right back at you on Friday or Saturday, probably Friday, uh, just judging by the West Virginia-Texas game. I'll probably be in Morgantown for that one. Uh, So we'll be back at you Friday, and then West Virginia will be back a couple days after that, I guess, on Sunday. I don't really know. I could be lying. We'll be informed on the Country Roads Webcast Hoops edition. Uh, but anyway, thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next time. As always, 